planet where apes evolved from men? There's got to be an answer. Don't look for it, Taylor. You may not like what you find. Damn you! The year, 3,955. Charlton Heston as Taylor, a 20th century astronaut, space-wrecked in the incredible future. Linda Harrison as Nova, a savage beauty from the enslaved and voiceless human race. They are marked for target practice. James Franciscus as astronaut Brent on a reckless mission to rescue Taylor trapped by the swaggering, brutal master race of apes who dominate the Earth, a planet shattered by the atomic war of a distant, forgotten past. Where are you going? Into the Forbidden Zone. Someone or something has outwitted the intelligence of the gorillas. Oh, invade! Invade! <laughs> Face the terrifying dangers of the Forbidden Zone with them. Engulfing you in the shattering experiences that await beneath the planet of the apes. Well, there's an intelligence working in this place. They know we're here. We are determined to know what the apes want. War or peace? The superintelligent mutants. Are they human or something else? In their church, an unspeakable god. Doomsday bomb. Behind their faces, an unbearable secret. We don't kill our enemies. We get our enemies to kill each other. The irresistible war machine of the guerrilla army versus the devastating secret mind weapons of the subterranean mutants in civilization's final battle to answer the ultimate question. Can a planet long endure half human and half ape? Is it the beginning or the end? The host is David Bluffband. The guest is Niccolo Aid. The movie is Beneath the Planet of the Apes. And the password is Steam Bath.
and there's only like three apes in a scene at a time in Planet <laughs> of the Apes. And in this one, they're like, let's put fucking dozens of gorillas on screen riding mm-hmm. horses. It doesn't matter if they don't look great. That like some of the gorillas have good makeup and some of them have horrible, just like Halloween store masks on. Uh-huh, Especially yeah, if they do a zoom in of a character who has good makeup, but next to them, they're just like weird shitty ape masks. It is pretty staggering how much the quality of the costumes kind of dip in this one. Considering the first Planet of the Apes movie, the Franklin J. Schaffer movie from 1968, was a huge hit. Yeah. So they got like a bunch of money to make this movie. And like mm-hmm. we were, um, uh, Nico and I uh, talked about this in a possibly lost episode now no, but lost we episode. did it. historians will debate if it, if it counts as <laughs> the canon but we had talked about planet of the apes before and just to catch the audience up planet of the apes tells the story of an astronaut a crash lands on a planet that he thinks has been overrun by apes and we come to find out by the end of the movie that in fact it's earth years yeah. and years in the future after a nuclear holocaust so now we pick up where that story leaves off in Beneath the Planet of the Apes. That's right. And in, in the first one, we, we talked about how it was written by the Twilight Zone guy, the script, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it felt Correct. very it was- much like a Twilight Zone episode where Charlton Heston like lays out like time travel. I mean, like space mm-hmm. travel may result in time travel. I don't know what's going to mm-hmm. happen when I come back to Earth. Blah, blah, blah. And it sets things up like with these philosophical questions in a little bit. And yes. I feel like this movie starts off with just like, a cut a cut together clips of the last one <laughs> and uh then they're like yeah let's go and then they lose charlton heston almost immediately and i was wondering <laughs> if you had background information about this because it seems like this is a charlton heston movie but they just uh-huh. show the clips he was in from the previous movie <laughs> yep and then he's gone, and there's a similar Charlton Heston character who crash uh-huh, lands, yeah. and he goes, I'm like Charlton Heston, but I came in the after him. And they're like, cool, you also get the silent uh, female sidekick. Mm-hmm. So I, there is some information about this. So this so this movie was, because of the success of Planet of the Apes, which was based on a novel by a French novelist named Pierre Boulet, who wrote a, a, a novel called Le Planet de Sange. And uh, he... Uh, interesting thing about Pierre Boulet, Pierre Boulet also wrote uh, Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh, wow. Uh, which is his other uh, work. He wrote, like, a lot of novels, like 50 novels or something. And he and those are these are the only two um, works of his that were adapted into films. Which I think is yeah. very interesting, and he and he also did, mm-hmm. considers Planet of the Apes a very disposable work of his. It's like, well, I just oh, needed to write this because I needed money, and I hadn't written science fiction before, so it was just oh. like, well, okay, it's dis- which is so very, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, but yeah. he wrote. He was apparently commissioned to write the original script of the movie of the sequel. Oh, I see. Uh, and he he titled the uh, a script called Planet of the Men. And nice. That was going to be about <laughs> exactly. That Made was going to be about um, Charlton Heston leading the rebellion against the apes. I see. And I, see. I think producers were like, "Yeah, but what about the apes?" I think like producers were thinking like, "Well, 
let's think long term. How can we like pretty important? They make a cartoon series out of them. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. what people have come for. We're not here for Heston. (laughs) And I think so. I think that's where it's like they took Planet of the Man and were like, okay, we'll use this as a blueprint. But took a lot of the plot points out. And then Nico, I feel it's safe to say that much of this movie feels improvised. Like yeah, it's, when um, it's a big and then energy to yes. it. Yes. <laughs> it has a lot of uh you remember movie cram at UCB when everybody would like mm-hmm. make a movie in a day together? Yep. <laughs> yep. It felt like that. <laughs> we all just yeah, got the this- script like a couple of hours ago and we're just gonna try to shoot what we get, like <laughs> the decision just to, to 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 abandon Charlton Heston's character and not explain to you why that mm-hmm. just like, Nova the uh, mm-hmm. Nova just a quick recap uh, it, Nova is the female uh, human they mm-hmm. give to Charlton Heston in the human zoo as a mate and at right, first right, right. Charlton Heston is like this is sick humans shouldn't mate like this and then the next scene he's just kind of dragging her around sleeping with her <laughs> and he's he immediately her Nova. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone tries to name him Bright Eyes, and he's like, "That's offensive." My name's Taylor. This silent woman, her name's Nova. He immediately <laughs> takes away her agency, like Charlton Heston is known to do. <laughs> and then he sends, and then so, and then in this one, it kind of opens with the cut of the other one, and then Nova is like uh, riding alone, and we mm-hmm, don't know mm-hmm. why she's alone, and then. Taylor, uh, not Taylor. What's the new guy? Brent. Brent. Some, some dumb name. Some dumb we name. have There's Brent. So, so James Brent in the future. <laughs> so James Franciscus plays uh, an astronaut named Brent, and it's very funny how much of a poor man's Charlton Heston James Franciscus is. Mm-hmm. I think he was like a soap opera actor or like a commercial and TV yeah. actor of the '60s and '70s because he just like is a handsome guy with kind of like. He's like Charlton Heston without any real personality. He's just like, yeah. you can kind of like also, find his light. He's blonde. Yeah, he's a little younger looking. Um, but mm-hmm. like all these movies have such big overacting. And it really mm-hmm. makes me appreciate Charlton Heston because all of Charlton Heston's overblown lines from the original Planet of the Apes are mm-hmm. iconic. It's a yeah. madhouse, you know, and I get your stink. Exactly. Off me. And this role requires a lot of the same type of theatrical, like, ah, you're invading my brain, <laughs> like type acting. But this guy can't but none, do, not nearly no. as well, not nearly through his gritted a jaw. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Brent takes all of the information he's given with a lot of stride. Like he's like, mm-hmm. he accepts everything he sees. It's like, wow, it's a city of apes. Well, the audience already knows what he yes. doesn't know, and so they just fast forward through all those realizations. Like, oh, okay, so he's people are primitive. Yes, yes. Okay, they've got some sort of government here. Oh, ape people. They must know Taylor. Wait, what? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, this is Earth. This is Earth. They like have a bunch of those cuts of like New York. I guess the underground that... New York. Okay, so I'm so glad you brought this up. I, I wanted to bring this up a little bit later, but like this is one of those things that's like, here's a reason why this movie doesn't work in necessarily mm-hmm. necessarily. This isn't this is necessarily a uh, a film review podcast, but as a movie about like uh, to talk about uh, the trauma one would see when recognizing what time period you're in. The first yeah. movie ends with Charlton Heston seeing the Statue of Liberty. And overcome mm-hmm. with 
agony and grief about you like what happened. You blow it all to hell. Yeah, another great the line. The contrast in this movie is Brent exploring the abandoned subway tunnels of old New York, finds a rusty tin sign for the New York Music Festival, Summer Music Festival. <laughs> and he's like, God damn it, they fucking did it! They did it! <laughs> and it's like, if you were... If, on stage! Damn it, they've done it! <laughs> There's something the the thread was missing from first beat to second beat. If this was a herald, yeah. I was like, "This that you didn't nail the game down quite there." Yeah, if this was a herald, it's like, what is the game of this movie? <laughs> this this movie? is a profound misunderstanding of like what the twist was and yeah. why first movie and why it was important. He just, well, it just feels uh, like each part of this movie is just like a new movie that's happening. So it's like, uh-huh. okay, Charlton Heston. Nope, forget about him. This guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to go on some sort of Western adventure with these apes. No, actually, it's the underground. It's the underground. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. It's, and it's, it's a lot of writing. Starts. Yeah. There's a lot of writing from one scene to the next. There's a lot mm-hmm. of like riding on horseback from one scene to the next. There's yeah. a lot of just like, sweeping. I mean, they clearly had a lot of money to work with. They got like a lot of great shots of like wherever they shot in the desert of Arizona. Like yeah. it looks like just this sprawling, this sprawling desert and these huge mountain landscapes. They used like mm-hmm. a couple of. Uh, handheld shots for like all the gorilla training camp stuff they were just like well uh, until like there's a lot of that smells to me of we're gonna just shoot and shoot until somebody writes something else to happen oh, in the next interesting. scene i feel like they were like uh, i feel like they were like yeah that statue of liberty thing worked great what if we put the cathedral saint patrick's cathedral in it and then he gets freaked out or it's like more <laughs> apes on horses they love those apes on horses put 20 of them on horses Put the New York it's Public dumb. Library in there. Everyone will recognize that. <laughs> I don't understand the geography of how it's all underground. And yeah. It, it, Where's it, the ocean? I mean, a lot. Of, clearly a lot of geographical changes happened within this time frame. I was actually trying to, like, trot where the Forbidden Zone is in mm-hmm. contrast with the rest of where the story takes place of, the, of Planet of the Apes. So if right. they... Okay, if the Forbidden Zone's New York, that's all Maybe New York. Maybe they're in so like, like Pennsylvania, like the apes are in Pennsylvania and Jersey's the Forbidden Zone. I think like, I think like they're going, I, can't, I don't know if they're either like arriving from south going north or from mm. west going east. I'm like, Ape City is either Minneapolis or like Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe they're like going from, if they're going from Indiana to New York on horseback, that would be a, that would be a long fucking trip. It doesn't seem like it's that long. I don't know. Yeah, but the ape civilization, and I guess we talked about this last time, the ape civilization feels really small. And mm-hmm. I think we talked about that because it may have been budget reasons that like in the book, the yes. apes have like modern technology. Yeah. And in this, they have like kind of like caveman technology and the caveman sets up are probably easier to make. But I get the right. sense that like the apes haven't, I don't think the apes have made it across the coast of America. You know no. what I mean? I feel like the apes are just like maybe in like the Northeast to the Midwest. It's, you just yeah, I, th- I think that's a good call. You're probably right. It's probably like Rhode Island through New York <laughs> through like... 
Like, you know, yeah, yeah the Northeast, like, sort of, like, you know, Connecticut, Jersey, Philadelphia, tri-state area. Yeah. And then, like, a couple <laughs> of other, yeah, like, Rhode Island up there, maybe, Boston. Yeah. Uh, and I think, like, James Franciscus is trying his best. But so throughout the story of uh, where it's, like, mostly this is, like, a movie, like, where Planet of the Apes was a story of, like, you know, a movie post evolutional, like the controversy of evolution. And it was just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, what if we evolved from apes? What if we de evolved? Or like, what if the apes take over us? Which is also like another, yeah. yeah, Or which, which also plays into the idea of like the, um, the white Anglo-Saxon fear of be of themselves being colonized. Right. This one really doubled down on all like the colonial references with like the only mm-hmm. good human is a dead human. Right, I'm right. not against these people because of their white skin. I'm against them. <laughs> there's like lots yeah. of uh, yeah. There's lots of just like blatant cribbing of American colonialism. That's the fear mm-hmm. of it. And then they uh, yeah. I just feel like they. It, yeah, they did more of this. They just, I feel like they had more quotes like that to kind of put that in. But I guess another thing that feels so strange about this movie, and I guess they did it in the last one too, is just like how similar ape society is 2,000 years in the future compared to human society in the mm-hmm. sense that they still speak in English, they still have a sense of laws, there's still a military-industrial complex. As you said, there's probably like a... Yeah. Yeah, they have a, like the reverse Snopes. Is it Snopes? The Scopes trial? But they have a reverse monkey trial in the previous movie. Mm-hmm. So everything, even if you fell out of time and space and landed in America again, it's like similar enough that you get it from just looking at a government meeting of right. monkeys for the first time. I mean, they even have a, a sauna. They, there's a gorilla. There's the a shits. sauna. <laughs> and that's where that's you in- talk politics. <laughs> Truly, I mean, it's a br- it's a brilliant idea to just put that in there of like, oh yeah, that is where you talk politics. Is the son <laughs> is the-, <laughs> the general and the orangutan doctor? Of course, they would speak in the in the ape schwitz as you do in the mid twentieth century. Yeah, well, Doctor Zeus, oh, I'm really really sweating off some calories here. But what are we doing about the forbidden zone? Yeah. It's very interesting. It's like I feel I felt bad for the actors in those suits. Like I don't know if mm-hmm. they really simulated like what that like chalk dust they were sp- spraying around for the simulated <laughs> for heat. I don't know if it was like dry ice or whatever, but like I'm like Not it's already no. <laughs> And this is also a time our main apes left the movie, right? Like Zira and uh, Cornelius are barely they're barely in it. And I I wonder about that too. Again, because they seems like they're going to be a big part of it. Because they come and go, like, Mm -hmm. oh, another human. Let's recap the first movie for you. (laughs) Is a lot of like wait why they're introduced like as being a integral part of the story, but then yeah, they're immediately. Gone, and I think like apparently um, Roddy McDowell couldn't reprise his role as, as Cornelius because he was busy shooting another movie, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Kim Hunter, who plays Zira, also had a conflict that she couldn't uh, be there for the entire time. Same with Charlotte. Like I think everybody who was a part of the first movie only had like two days to shoot <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> Seems like Charlotte Nesson worked three hours and was gone. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of footage just reused from the previous film. A lot of footage reused from the previous film. A lot of footage of James Franciscus as Brent and Linda Harrison as Nova, just riding across the fields on horseback. A lot of Mm -hmm. like they put like a couple of scenes that are trying to be zeitgeisty. Like there's a there's a there's a all the chimpanzees protest the war. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely there's definitely like a youth rebellion in chimpanzee mm-hmm. land. The the chimpanzees yeah. are the intellectuals, the orangutans I think are the religious zealots and then the mm-hmm. gorillas are the brutal yeah, army. They're like, yeah, they're the military and uh led by Ursus, the gorilla the gorilla general Ursus. I do love in in the original Planet of the Apes where Charlton Heston says to the young ape assistant, "Don't trust anyone over a th- Thirty. <laughs> Lucius is gone from this movie. He's totally been forgotten. He's no yeah. nowhere to be seen. But Cornelius and Zira come back in the next few, don't they? Yes. So the next few movies are Escape from the Planet of the Apes, where uh, Cornelius, Zira, and their baby Caesar all escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think and they, they go to nuclear blast that ends this they film. The, yes, they escape the nuclear traps. Mm-hmm. And they go back to Earth in the 70s. Then the Great. fourth movie is uh, Conquest for the Planet of the Apes, where mm-hmm. it uh, tracks uh, Zira and Cornelius's baby Caesar as the ape rebellion is starting. And then yeah. Battle for the Planet of the Apes is like sort of the meeting place between... Timelines. I think where like War of the Planet of the Apes starts and like it's one mm-hmm. it's one of those like, it's supposed to tie all of them together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wild, wild, it's insane, insane. <laughs> uh, and uh, but yeah, Cornelius and Zero they peace out real fast, and it's mostly a a, a James Fran- like a, a Brent and Nova movie. Brent and Nova movie, and yeah, again, Nova such a tragic character. Even more disturbing for her this time. So she this just gets paired just, with a new fella. <laughs> and he seems to be a bigger psycho than Taylor. Yeah, and there's and then when he so we haven't really talked about meeting the the psychic humans who live under Earth or under the <laughs> and beneath the planet of the apes. But they well, keep just making her them. choke her out while making out with her. And then it because she doesn't Nova can't talk and she just looks mm-hmm. bright eyed at everything, and then there's like We'll make you kill her. And he starts like kissing her. And she's still kind of just like bright eyed. And then he starts strangling her. And she's still like, oh, oh no. And we she's fine with it afterwards. And and we and we have to make this clear. As the audience watching this, you don't know what's going on. He just starts yeah. do, like Brent just starts doing all this. And then it's like we're like, and it's uh, there's a large portions of the movie where nobody is speaking. So it's a mm-hmm. lot of travel, and then stuff happens, and you're like, wait, what? So then, again, like, when. doesn't speak English and cannot <laughs> communicate. So she's just like, this new man is killing me. Okay, I'll go to the next room with him, I guess. Yeah, and they keep discovering more catacombs in this, for, in this hidden tunnel in the Forbidden Zone. Which mm-hmm. the apes apparently haven't even discovered. So this is totally yeah. like untreated territory. And I and well, they well, just I was Yeah, I thought when I had first seen this movie as a kid, I thought the humans under the earth were more advanced than us, but they're not. They mm-hmm. can just telepathically speak, but they're still pretty primitive. Right. Yeah. They don't know that the bomb that they worship is a bomb. Or they right. do, maybe? 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think it's clear. I think they know it's powerful, but they don't know what it is because they clearly haven't left this mm-hmm. subterranean area. That so apparently this this little swath of human population is, I guess, the remnants of whatever the Earth used to be after whatever tragedy happened that killed everybody. Yeah, it's like the New Yorker the- staff still alive. <laughs> Just really intellectual. Their brains are so big. All the other uh, humans, um, but these yeah, they hit, they hit under lot. the they hit under the Philadelphia Hotel in the New Yorker building, <laughs> the, like near yeah. Penn Station, and uh, they, they, and they just the Midtown. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, they control the they control the billboards at Times Square. They they're the the psychic family that lives, and I guess this is the last bomb that they never used. Yeah, I guess. And I and again, the world doesn't seem bigger than the Northeast. So I guess I do wonder about these other, if there are other people. But if this one bomb is enough to destroy the world, as it implies at the end of the film. <laughs> Spoiler alert, the whole planet blows up. We're not in the Planet of the Apes anymore. We got to go back in time to keep this franchise going. I mean, this movie, lit- talk about bleak. This movie <laughs> literally ends... With, like, a narrator whom we've never heard before mm-hmm. say, like, um, and a, another day for a, a, an insignificant medium-sized star to blow up in the universe. It's gone. <laughs> Good night. Like, just, like, totally. Yeah. If I feel like it wanted to have a bigger mic drop than the first movie, but it doesn't. It's just like, okay, so this is this is over? This is over now? Okay. Hey guys, uh, I just wanted to take a break in the show to clear up some things that have been going on uh, here in the studio. Uh, so there have been some financial constraints on my end uh, with trying to put the episodes out on time. And that has resulted in me taking up ad space in the show. So now, uh, in during these sections of the show, I'm going to put in uh, different ad reads um, for different products that want to advertise on World of Tomorrow with David Bloodband. So the first ad read I'm going to do is for Prehensile Ape Feet gloves they are gloves that you can put on your feet so that you can use them like apes would use their feet it's unclear if these gloves make your feet prehensile the way that a chimpanzee would use their feet but uh they do seem to be human shaped so your guess is as good as mine. Okay, on further inspection of the box for prehensile ape feet gloves, there seems to be photos of people using the gloves to peel bananas. So people peeling bananas with their feet, playing piano. That's an interesting one. And... 
this one looks like they're making spaghetti. They're stirring a pot. I think they're making spaghetti, but they're stirring a pot with their feet. So buy a pair of ape feet gloves to make your feet prehensile. It's double the fun and double the amount of work you get done. Oh, that's pretty catchy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's such a huge setup for like such a like <laughs> – these fucking idiots. They think they were gonna they think they're blown away by the last ending. That twist. <laughs> what have we to the world? <laughs> uh there's just no characters in this that I care about. No characters that you care about. Fundamental misunderstanding of why people liked the first one and like cool segments though like just the segment where the all the humans pull off their masks yeah that was so <laughs> wild and they all have the brainy heads you can't predict what happens in this movie no scene makes sense leading up to the next scene mhm they they it seems like they're going to oh there's a big gorilla shootout of the of the caves <laughs> that's pretty yep. fun they they shoot poor charlton heston Oh, we, we find mm-hmm. Charlton Heston again. He's in a prison underneath the earth. But... He's in a prison underneath the earth. The human, the psychic humans have imprisoned him for a reason that we never really understand why or find out. Yeah. It seems like scheduling conflicts, mostly. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's it's mostly like, scheduling I conflicts. Definitely seems to be scheduling conflicts. Like, they, they, they held me in prison because I was shooting another movie. And what happens to Nova? Uh, uh, Nova, did do we see her get shot, or did she just blow up with everybody else? Nova explodes with everyone else once the like Brent tries to prevent the cult of the bomb to set it off. Mm-hmm. But then, I, like truly, like I looked away, and then the world blew up. And then this yeah. movie punishes you for looking away because I like a very oh, Sopranos like ending where it was like, what is that? That's it? That's what we're doing with this? You're saying snaps and that's it? That's What what are we talking about here? (laughs) Shit, I think Thanos just snapped. And that's it. Oh my god. It really makes me curious because how how do Zira and Cornelius escape a planet that's exploded? Doesn't doesn't explain. They'd never get to that. They just like really... True, there's like two scenes with Zira and Cornelius where... Zero tries to hide Brent. And it is like sort of like in Batman and Robin where you're like, you're a Batgirl. They're just like immediately like, you're Brent. You look exactly like Taylor. You must yeah. speak to We're the ape city. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just like, it's very odd. It's like, okay, I'll cut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's speed through this. Speed through this. <laughs> and then to hide Brent, uh, when, the, when Zeus comes over, Zero... A is racist. She she zero proves that she's racist. She's like the gorillas are just brutes. I'm like Jesus, zero. Yeah, but Come they're on. the right ones. The chimpanzees are the good ones. Come on. That's crazy. That's that 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 line. I perked up. I I was like I I bump. I was like, whoa, hold on a second, Zira. Hang on. <laughs> and then like, and then she covers by like, what's going on in here? Oh, Cornelius hit me. Oh yeah. It's and that's why I come to the door fast enough. It was so weird. Yeah. Wow. 
Sean Connery so, times, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I uh, just a quick uh, run through of like these are the crossovers between our world and and Ape Planet so far uh, as as is Planet of the Apes. Um, so so beneath the Planet of the Apes still has guns, saunas, domestic violence, bowls of fruit, aerobics, horses, political rivalry, protests, police brutality, firewalls. Bleeding statues, corpses, <laughs> a stretch. Masks, a secret militia that's plotting against the government, and the threat of nuclear destruction. Yeah, this one. Yeah, even more, even more parallels to our past. Uh, a lot of talking about that religious extremist, the lawgiver, and uh, the codes of the lawgiver. Um, and, and the new religion, the bomb religion. The new, the, we worship the bomb. Intense point, circa 1970. And I can see, like, the idea on paper of maybe the director or the producers being like, holy shit, we fucking did it. We're going to use these two parallels to say that it doesn't matter who's in charge. We all destroy ourselves. It's either the ape religion or the bomb religion. We're all going it's, to... It's, it's a cycle! <laughs> Do you get it, 1970s America? This is what we're getting for. Yeah. I Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what makes this one so... I mean, I guess I, I, we've outlined what makes this one worse than the last one. But it doesn't, it doesn't hit. It doesn't hit in the same way at all. It doesn't have the same depth. Would you be surprised if I told you that Beneath the Planet of the Apes was made for a budget of 2.5 million dollars. This is 1970 yeah, money. 1970 too. money. That makes sense. This does feel like the like an early version of the bloated sequel movie that's worse than the first. So it, and it, it seems like it dis- should hmm? And despite all of our criticisms and despite all of our criticisms for the movie Beneath the Planet of the Apes against a budget of 2.5 million dollars still made Nineteen million dollars in domestic damn, damn, box damn. office. That's a doesn't lot. Matter. Doesn't matter if the costumes were shitty. Doesn't matter if the plot went nowhere. Doesn't matter if the story made no sense. People loved the apes, and they got our three ninety nine on I don't know Apple Rental or <laughs> Amazon yep. Prime. I mean, mm-hmm. I, this this movie does seem to have a long uh, shelf life of c- coming back to it and revisiting it. People love it. People love the costume. They love the stories and they love just the adventure. Just, I don't know. There's, there is something interesting about this story, even like watching it. And then I watched it. I watched it last night and I watched it again this morning. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, this time I can fast forward a couple of things. Cause like, I don't want to watch just like, <laughs> just uh, the horse James Francisco, like, yeah. Just like <laughs> fight on the slowest moving, like, uh, fight scene I've ever was like oh yeah. they're fighting on horseback that's that's interesting <laughs> but there yeah. but there are parts I was like hi oh, like there this is interesting now that now they're just taking off and it's like a bunch of character actors playing the other humans that are recognizable from other things that are not like major movie stars that I'm like mm-hmm. oh wow this person is in it it's like something is like oh wow the uh, theater ticket taker from Annie Hall is one of these psychics. That's that's oh, weird. Wow. That's a good, <laughs> I, a good catch. <laughs> there's this other. There's this one dude named Don Pedro Colley who's like super tall, 
who's mm-hmm. in there, and he's in like a bunch of. He's in George Lucas's first movie, uh, huh. THX eleven thirty eight. Oh wow! And uh, he's the one that talks the most out of all the psychics. Mm-hmm. He's the one that like leads uh, Brent through the tunnels and is like. I don't think you're the chosen one after all, or whatever he's like. He's yeah. like, they're like saying the something bullshit to them. Yeah. The bald <laughs> I, guy. I, I feel, I feel like I was so disappointed in their psychic powers because all they could really do was put a flame filter in front of people's eyes to mm-hmm. kind of like freak them out. But once that stopped working, they were like, I can't do anything about this. And I don't know. Like, I feel like they should have been able to smite the uh, gorillas more easily than going immediately to nuke mode. It felt like, yeah, if they could produce illusions, then why do they need nuclear power? If yeah, they can already, they can also like, like hurt people's minds, right, and make yeah. them fight each other. But they I guess, like, I, guess I was gonna say, I exactly. guess the gorilla's god is the true god because, as they said, that allowed them to pass through, much like another Charles Neston movie, uh, mm-hmm. Ten Commandments, where he he leads the people through. So maybe this movie is saying actually the uh, ape god can beat the psychic powers of the human God. That's funny. You say that there. Cause that, that was like a thought I had of like, Oh, is this a producer note to be like child Nesson was in the 10 commandments. We gotta have a wall of fire in this movie at some point. Yeah. So the people know they're watching a child Nesson movie. It's like one of these things. It was like, Oh wait, this movie what? is a collection of angle of like dumb producer notes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Because the, because the lead up, like, you know, this is maybe the most like uh, breaking down of the movie we've done so far of like uh, of like uh, mm-hmm. as far as the show goes. But I just want to like the reason I think a lot of this feels like it was written the day of or on the fly or all these discoveries for scenes is because mm-hmm. the introduction to the psychic powers is like wait why don't we have voiceover for these. Like, oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. <laughs> there's like, they do like ping sounds and it's all James Franciscus kind of like doing a one person improv show of like, wait a second, you're telling me you're speaking to me through my mind, but your lips aren't moving. Hold on a second. And then they What's also do a projection on the wall of the film. And so it is such a weird like, huh, of, huh and yeah. yeah, and that like ding of uh, like uh, bewitched or something when they respond yes. or speak to them. And then the next and, scene, they're like, we can talk fine. We can talk, actually. It's, it is like, a. Th- it, that's why I'm like, oh, it's like in an improv scene where it's just like, oh, it's like, I'm not making a choice yet. And then, and then like 10 minutes into the scene, it's like, actually, I can speak perfectly fine. Like right you now. Didn't li- you didn't like that? No, 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 no. If that's going to be annoying, we can definitely just yeah. do dialogue. <laughs> well, if the audience isn't reacting to this, I might as well change my choice. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a slapdash thing. I was pretty impressed with that mirror. I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. The way that they make (laughs) him speak to himself and like watch the (laughs) fractions on the wall or whatever, the reflections on the wall. But yeah, but then they just abandoned that. It was like not necessary. (laughs) It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if they shot something and then it got like wet and then they had to like, didn't want to reshoot it or something. (laughs) It's just like, it's wet. <laughs> I mean, like it's like it's like what happened to this film? They're like showing footage from scenes we haven't seen yet. 
It's like, wait, why are so many confusing moments? But then they just go, the one psychic dude with the glasses that looks like Dr. Strangelove mm-hmm. is kind of like, well, here's, we we live by these principles and nobody knows we're here and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I am fully lost. Yeah. What's their relationship with the other humans like? What do they think about that? I wonder if they're yeah if they do they know that the other primitive humans exist or do they just exist in this own like where yeah. did they get the suits from where did they get where these they, like are they making these clothes yeah are they still as is, is it, it would be really funny if it's like revealed that this is like previous generations of fashion from the ape culture if it's just like nobody mm. wears like yeah, nobody wears secondhand ape clothes yeah. <laughs> It's like if it's like if uh, time travelers uh, from the future like see us wearing like um, I don't know like acid wash jeans or something, and then they're just like, "Wait a second, where did you get those?" What a what what a what a time! What a time to be alive in the two thousand years in the future. (laughs) It seems like it was a. I, it's one of those movies where you where like now we have a history of movies like you know Space Jam or like <laughs> <laughs> movies that are like clearly like this is about money this is about this is a cash grab with a capital mm. C G dollar sign <laughs> and yeah. this is like I, I feel like m- this might be the one of the earliest examples we have of that of like mm. in a pre blockbuster era of like yeah. modern blockbusters like in a like pre back then before star wars like you know this exists before star wars franchise star wars before jaws right before, before jaws. all these things right so it's not quite a blockbuster but it does feel like that and it feels especially weird because the first one is so philosophical that mm-hmm. they're like yeah, philosophical but fireworks you know make it big make it big <laughs> Yeah. I know the third one. The third one I remember loving because it's really funny. Where they go, mm-hmm. where they crash land Earth, and like Zira is upheld as a feminist icon. Like she's <laughs> recruited by like a Gloria Allred character who's like, "You're incredible. You have to speak to the women of today." And like Zira's very like pro. Like absolutely, you have. We let's get out of. Let's. We have to release our shackles, and everybody loves it. It's a depressing thing if you were a 1970s feminist and Mm -hmm. a space chimp from the future came back and was like, oh, first wave feminism, second wave feminism, we're still dealing with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Patriarchy's pretty eternal. I'm gonna how depressed would you be if the time travel was like, yep, sexism's still going strong. Charlton Heston keeps women around. As long as, yep, uh, spoiler alert, if there are male and females of the species, hey, there's going to be problems. What can Don't I say? some sort of positive seahorse alien race where the men carry the babies. Every race is the patriarchy. Sorry, s- sorry, humans. Apes aren't woke either. I hate- <laughs> they- we have not evolved. I'm consciousness hasn't ape- leveled up. I'm telling my ape husband about my friend Sarah, and my ape husband is still like, who's Sarah? I'm like, apes, they haven't changed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I feel like there are a couple of very good spin-off movies we can make off of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> the story of Nova, the story of the feminist who meets the apes in the future. God, I like if if, fem- if feminists met Nova, they would send like time travelers to the planet to the ape planet to be like, what are what are we, what are everyone what's everyone doing here? Hey, yeah, we gotta this liberate this place. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, like, we, there, I could, I could definitely see like a a um uh, uh a perfect strangers version, like spinoff of Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes, where, like an ape. Oh my God, you're my ape cousin from two thousand years in the future, and now, and now you're, David, and now you're this to CBS right now. You <laughs> can, can still get a show out in time for September. And now, now we're living together in an apartment in Chicago. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> of course not. Don't be ridiculous. Hey, now we found the catchphrase. <laughs> it's very funny. I'm very surprised there haven't. I'm like, I mean, now there's been like, you know, there's five canonical original planets movies and then mm-hmm. three, four, three four. after that. Yeah. There's I a think new one that's going to come out. I saw on Wikipedia. So another one and that's like and one 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 more thing of just like just the idea of, of this movie to now of like this movie has obviously it's a lot of actors in suits a lot of rubber and plastic mm-hmm. and this was and this was a time when if you were like a, a shakespearean actor a classically trained actor a juilliard actor or whatever you are i think there was a thing in the culture where like doing science fiction or horror is beneath uh, mm-hmm. traditional classic uh, literature, classic works of theater or anything. And, uh, you know, I see like, you know, um, uh, Dr. Zayas is played by a British actor named uh, Maurice Evans, who <laughs> is, I don't know what he thought of this movie, but I, I have a feeling it's a, a little bit of like, oh, I can't believe I have to fight. Like, you know, I, I could have been Richard the third or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. and same with like, and James Gregory, who plays the gorilla general Ursus is like giving a pretty great monologue uh, of like, <laughs> of in the round of like, you know, yeah. the only good, the only good human is a dead human. And it's just like, Oh, okay. This is, and now Andy circus, teaches classes on how to do this like how to be yeah, an crazy. actor like like how to well, be that's fan- i mean the amazing thing about andy circus is he makes an art out of things that you would think were like silly and i think something oh, yeah. i mean the older i get like when i was when the younger i when i was younger i would definitely think like why on earth would this actor take this role and the older i get and the more i work in the industry it's just like everyone needs to eat yeah, you're gonna put on the fucking monkey costume. Richard the Third doesn't pay. This is a sequel. It's a two point five million dollar budget. He'll wear exactly. the lot things. He'll say the lines. Exactly. It has like, is like you're gonna you're gonna say the lines. This is gonna this is your job. Look, you gotta eat. Mm-hmm. That's just like you're gonna. You're it's gonna... the start of lunch boxes. The seventies. <laughs> Oh, uh, you've got a oh uh, your 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 costume is filling up with sweat water because it's so fucking hot, and you have to drain it like of three gallons worth of water every day. Whatever, <laughs> go eat lunch, actor. It's a lot of that, and I and uh so and Charlton Heston is not in the remainder of them. It's just like it's but uh, but Roddy McDowell and Kim Hunter are in the rest. Of them. <laughs> 
Bless you, sir. Yeah, bless you. All right, big sneeze. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm so sorry. That's how I sneeze, people. That's I don't. I, that wasn't a. That wasn't a bit. I'm a cartoon character. No, no, no. Of course. No. Oh no. Uh, we're not in the studio together, so I haven't poisoned. No, no, no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Once I start sneezing, it's hard gentlemen. to stop. Nico's in a room filled with feathers, and they are just. <laughs> Someone's just grinding pepper on my nose. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's like, somebody's grinding pepper around Nico's nose, putting a feather (laughs) underneath him going, coochie, coochie, coo, and he's going crazy. It's wild. It's wild. (laughs) Wild stuff. Uh, So, uh, Nico, we are are nearing the end of the podcast Mm -hmm. and nearing the end of the interview uh just uh, a couple things i wanted to ask uh or just uh, one thing i like i want to leave uh, my guests with is the idea of like would you rather live in our dystopian society or in Mm -hmm. the ape planet society on the eve of destruction (laughs) i which is about to blow up as we know i think i'm going to choose earth society uh, I'm going to choose Earth society because of all the amenities. I don't want to live in any kind of primitive society. We talked about in the book that the the gorillas live in like a futuristic society. If the gorillas lived with like indoor plumbing, then I'd, I'd maybe say the gorilla planet. But I, right. I, I'm i going to stick right here in the 21st century America that is crumbling quickly into fascism. This is a little bit of a tangent, but have you ever seen the movie Demolition Man? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Also about to do it on my podcast in the near future. Uh, oh, great! great. Film. Okay, that's 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 a fun one. I, I always think of uh, in terms of like just you saying indoor. Pl- if the gorillas had indoor plumbing, I think of in mm-hmm. uh, in Demolition Man, the way people go to the bathroom in Demolition Man is they use three seashells instead of using <laughs> toilet paper to wipe their ass. It's never you never see how they use it, but you yeah. see like Stallone look at the three seashells and he's like. Ugh. Like, like he has like, yeah. some look of like, oh, this is going to be interesting. I don't know. How am I going to do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's a, they also, I remember from that, they have sex only, they only have cyber sex through machines. Yes. It's a bleak oh, future right. out there. Oh my God. I forgot about that. And the that's only person like... who's going to save him is uh, what? Dennis, not Dennis Kucinich. What's that guy's name? Dennis. Lero- no, Dennis. Who's the comedian Dennis who sometimes sings? Oh, um. Leary. Dennis Miller? Oh, Dennis, Dennis Leary. Leary. Yes. Oh, right. I forgot Dennis Leary's in that. He's movie. the revolutionary in that. <laughs> yes, yes. In in an underground society. In a literal yeah, underground society. Underground society appears a lot in dystopian fiction. That's a lot it's a bit that's a big thing of like apparently like it's like if there's trouble, go underground. It seems to be yeah. like a prevailing narrative some for some. And it also seems to be that we that they don't trust the audience to think that the underground is not literally underground, but a certain I, movement that must be hidden. And so they always put it like literally in a cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just like a not just a clandestine group of people yeah. trying to escape. Not a metaphorical underground, guys. <laughs> you do the revolution. You have to physically go to those sewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to see, let me look at through my notes to see if there's anything we didn't hit. I'm just like, oh yeah, just the idea of the um, of just the bleeding statue. Just the fact that that was in there is crazy. It must have been mm-hmm. after whatever that happened in like Rio de Janeiro. Right. Wait. When what? I don't know. Him. I don't know the story of a bleeding statue. What's so there's me about like that? this. So there's like this thing in uh, some 
Catholic uh, cultures in like, you know, some there's this thing in Catholicism where if like if you see a statue of the Virgin Mary bleeding or a statue of of Christ Mm. bleeding, it's some sort of miracle. And there have been reports about it all over the world Uh. and various things. And I think in the late 60s, there was a big uh, there was one major story that happened in Rio de Janeiro where it was like highly publicized and made international news that this like statue of the Virgin Mary was bleeding from the eyes. And it was like, I don't don't know. I didn't know about that. That's interesting. There there are a couple of other things like that. To me, it's, it's kind of the equivalent of like, look, there's a, there's a, it's an image of the, of Jesus Christ on the cross in a star fruit. It's like one of these things that feels like a little toast. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, I mean, I don't know how statues can bleed, but I don't know what that means either or what the significance of that is. Yeah. So it's like if that happens, I'm like, well, wow, that's weird. But if it's like I don't I wouldn't consider that a miracle, but I do. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, depending on your my I don't know, I guess it depends on your view of religion. If the statue Mm -hmm. starts doing weird things, doesn't that become an idol and shouldn't it be destroyed? I don't know. I'm not a religious man, but it seems like. Yeah. It seems like the, the apes are also confused as to when that happens of like when the lawgiver starts to bleed. And it's yeah. just like clearly it's just a, a, an illusion created by the psychic cult. But like it is like it is this weird thing of like we don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, but but uh, but I guess that's an answer. We'll never get any. any we'll never. get. Well, well, that's a question. We'll never get any answers to. But yeah, uh, Nico, until, so and maybe maybe appearing. the newest one will 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 newest movie, the Planet of the Apes movie, will give us some answers or try to connect the timeline. Yeah, maybe they'll address that. Maybe the, maybe it's maybe this new movie will pick up where that one left off. <laughs> this is a direct sequel to Beneath the Planet of the Apes that ignores <laughs> all subsequent ape movies, like when the Halloween does that or whatever. Right. Exactly. Like I think I think Blank Chet put put it uh, best with like the the latest Halloween that came out last year was like that's technically two two two. It's yeah. like a sequel <laughs> to the sequel. Yeah. Uh but uh Nico, thank you so much for uh being a guest on my show. And this always was so a pleasure. To, uh, I'm happy to, to keep going to on this uh journey through the planet of the apes. If you ever need me to I come think, again, uh we I can, think we now can check them out. It, I think now it's a pattern that we maybe we have to watch all of them together. Maybe it's a tradition. Maybe this is the beginning of the lawgiver. Maybe this is our laws that we are giving to the people and we will be worshipped by apes as gods. I think so. I think that could be it's going to be the statues of us up there in the future that they're worshipping. (laughs) We're both hairy men. The apes will worship us. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I... I think like I've I've always thought about how I would do and as a very hairy guy I was like okay how would I do if I was like just crash landed in the Planet of the Apes could I get by would yeah. they like I kind of look like the masks like I I kind of <laughs> like, there's like there's like a you little just move your mouth a little stilted you know. <laughs> It's like there's a little bit of skin in like the middle, and then the rest is covered by just like swaths of hair. It's like I think I can get away with this. Like yeah. you put a wig on. Like right now I have a shaved head, but if you put a wig on me now, I think like I can just move my mouth like bap 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 bap, and I can get away with it. I think so as well. I think so as well. That's our next plan. Nicolo Aid is one half of the comedy duo Marina and Nico 
and hosts a podcast called Copaganda, which you can listen to wherever you listen to podcasts. My theme music was composed by Jim Murtug. You can listen to more of his music at soundcloud.com backslash Jim Murtog Music.